Hello, hello, my friend. I'm so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to jump into today's episode because I think it's going to be something that maybe you've never considered when you're thinking about this whole how to leave the classroom or whether or not that's your next best step. Maybe you've never considered the fact that decision fatigue could be undermining your efforts to leave the classroom. And that is what this episode is all about. Welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast, a podcast for teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom or starting a side hustle to grow into a self-sustaining business. My name is Jennifer Holt, and I'm here to provide you with strategic action steps designed to help you leave the classroom on your terms. Teacher decision fatigue is a very real epidemic. And according to the findings from Philip W. Jackson, PhD and past president of the American Educational Research Association, as well as the John Dewey Society, elementary teachers have between 200 and 300 exchanges with students every hour. Now, if you're a teacher, this does not surprise you. But when you start doing all the math, that actually equates to approximately 1,200 to 1,500 interactions per day. And it's this consistent decision-making that leads to teacher decision fatigue. So maybe you're saying, well, that sounds logical, but what the heck is decision fatigue? Well, decision fatigue, according to an article in Medical News Today, is the theory that states a human's ability to make decisions can get worse after making many decisions as their brain will be more fatigued. And interestingly, this fatigue applies to all decisions, not simply the larger, more difficult ones. So based on this definition, it stands to reason that if you're making decision after decision on repeat from the moment your eyes open in the morning, then you are progressively going to become more fatigued and less able to make objective decisions. And it's important to note that decision fatigue directly correlates with the size of the decision you're making. So in other words, the bigger the decision or the more thought and analysis that has to go into making the decision, the more quickly you are going to find yourself on the precipice of teacher decision fatigue. So let's look at decision fatigue and willpower. In his international best-selling book, The Happiness Advantage, author Sean Acor writes, the reason willpower is so ineffective at sustaining change is that the more we use it, the more worn out it gets. Well, does that sound familiar? Does that sound anything like decision fatigue to you? But Acor goes on to state, Unfortunately, we face a steady stream of tasks that deplete our willpower every single day, whether it's avoiding the dessert table at the company lunch, staying focused on a computer spreadsheet for hours on end, or sitting still for a three-hour meeting. Our willpower is consistently being put to the test. So it's no wonder, really, that we so easily give in to our old habits to the easiest and most comfortable path as we progress through the day. This invisible pull toward the path of least resistance can dictate more of our lives than we realize, creating an impassable barrier to change and positive growth. Now, just take a minute and let that last sentence sink in. This invisible pull toward the path of least resistance can dictate more of our lives than we realize, creating an impassable barrier to change and positive growth. If our willpower is being tested through the decisions we make, 
and we're becoming more fatigued with every decision we make, it's no wonder we lack the mental capacity at the end of a busy day to make even the most trivial decisions, much less any life-changing decisions. But how does this decision fatigue relate to leaving the classroom? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You see, since the pandemic began in 2020, teachers have had to change almost everything we've ever done in the classroom overnight. Now, you want to talk about inducing immediate decision fatigue, that's the way you do it. So instead of being able to rely on a few things you already knew and didn't have to think about, you were immediately expected to become a virtual teacher overnight. So thinking back to our definition of decision fatigue, it's no wonder we feel so depleted. We haven't just been deciding whether to do math worksheets or centers. We've had to figure out how to teach hands-on lessons to five-year-olds through a computer screen. Big decision equals major teacher decision fatigue. Now that we've moved past the pandemic of 2020, we're seeing the ramifications, or at least those according to administration and parents, that students are farther behind than ever. And that means teachers are working harder than ever with new expectations, including massive student achievement growth with less guidance from admin than ever before. Anyone else notice a recipe for total exhaustion and teacher burnout? And that's exactly where we find ourselves. Based on this information, it's no surprise that you're questioning whether or not you want to continue teaching until retirement. And no, it doesn't make you a quitter, contrary to some people's opinions. But more to the point, the fact that you're struggling to decide whether or not to leave the classroom is even less surprising because this is one of those big decisions, the kind that requires your brain to be firing on all cylinders at once, one that maxes out your brain's ability to make any other decisions simply based on the sheer number of nuanced issues you have to consider. Think retirement, benefits, insurance, resume writing, finding another job, and the list goes on. So think of it like this. After making roughly a million split-second decisions while at school, you determine you can't keep doing this. But by the time you get to the decision part of what leaving would mean, you have no more brain capacity left to make a decision of this magnitude. So what do you do? You continue to stay repeating the same thing day after day simply because the alternative requires more brain power than you can rally. And the activation energy required to make this change is just too much. But what is activation energy? Well, Sean Acor states, in physics, activation energy is the initial spark needed to catalyze a reaction. The same energy, both physical and mental, is needed of people to overcome inertia and kickstart a positive habit. Otherwise, human nature takes us down the path of least resistance time and time again. So let me give you an example in my own life. On December 30th, 2020, I made the decision to change my health habits. As an online ESL teacher, a blogger, a homeschool mom, among many other titles, I had become sedentary and I just noticed a marked change in my tiredness level. Of course, at this point, the U.S. was in the midst of spiking COVID cases all over and I came to the decision that if I did get the virus, I wanted to give myself the best possible chance at fighting it all. And I know that may sound a little dramatic and excessively morbid, but it took getting to that point for me to find that activation energy that was going to be required of me to embark on this new health journey. At the time, I thought making the decision to change was the hard part, but I quickly discovered how much energy I had to invest every day into thinking about what I was eating, when I would exercise, how I would continue to get the correct amount of protein when I wasn't at home, and so on 
and so on. As you can imagine, I quickly reached my threshold for decision fatigue. But because I knew why I was making these extreme changes in my life, I stuck with it. And although it took a lot of effort to push through the difficult parts, I'm now at a point in my journey where it takes minimal time and mental energy to think about exercising or what I'll eat. Certain aspects have now become so habitual that I don't even think about them anymore. But the truth is, continuing to eat what I'd always eaten and neglecting exercise like the plague would have been so much easier than taking the initiative to change my lifestyle. And bringing this point back around to you, it's so much easier to stay in your current teaching job, even though you're mentally exhausted and physically spent, than it is to think about and make a career change. But let me ask you this question. Is the trade-off worth it? For me, it took realizing that I needed to make some changes if I wanted to be healthier and stronger in order to fight off COVID-19 if I were to get it. For you, it's going to take realizing that staying complacent is not going to give you the outcome you so desperately want for yourself or your family. So the only question remains, how do you ever get to the point where you can make the decision to leave? Well, if you're currently at the pinnacle of teacher decision fatigue and the idea of activating any type of energy is laughable, then I have good news. You can still make the right decision. And I'm going to give you three specific tips that will help you do just that. Number one, plan time to think about it. Okay, this may sound like a total waste of your time, but I promise it's absolutely necessary. You see, most of us have these grand intentions and we plan to do certain things. But as hours turn into days, days into weeks, and weeks turn into months or years, we really quickly discover that our grand ideas and plans never came to fruition because we didn't make the decision a priority. So I want you to approach this planning period just like you would any other appointment by setting aside time on your calendar. There's only one caveat. The activity cannot be done at the end of a workday. It has to be accomplished when your mind is fresh and when your mind has made as few decisions as possible or you will fall prey to decision fatigue and give up before you even give yourself a chance. So to allow yourself time to flesh out the details, consider completing this on a weekend or maybe during a holiday. Create a document where you can write down all of your questions, thoughts, concerns. This master document will be your designated brain dump or just your designated place for all of those wayward and random thoughts that keep you up at night. The most important thing is that by treating this time like a priority, You're setting yourself up for making a wise decision that could ultimately change the outcome of your life. Number two, limit your choices. Now, obviously, setting aside time in your day, week, or month is going to be essential to creating positive change. But when we talk about limiting your choices, this is going to minimize your teacher decision fatigue on a daily basis basis. Now, given that over the last few years you've been asked, nay, required to do more than ever without any specific instructions or strategies means your mind is basically the equivalent of oatmeal by the time your kids leave for the day. So limiting the number of choices you have to make each day is going to be paramount. You know there is no way to prepare for those split second decisions you have to make in your classroom every day. Remember those 1,200 to 1,500 decisions we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast? Those are the decisions I'm talking about. We don't really have a way to prepare for those, but there is a way for you to minimize the number.
number of personal decisions you have to make daily, and this will give you back some of that brain capacity you need to think more clearly. Consider meal prepping on Saturday or Sunday. So then you've taken the age-old question of what's for dinner out of the equation. You've already thought through which items you'll need at the grocery store, what stuff you're going to be cooking each day for lunch, dinner, etc. There's no thinking involved, and that's going to take a lot off your plate. My friend Chanel from the Routine Your Dream podcast used to choose all of her clothes, accessories, shoes, all of it for the week on Sunday. It immediately removed multiple daily decisions from her mind just by taking time on Sunday to perform this simple task. Remember, choices are wonderful, but when we know that they're going to be cutting down the rest of our decision-making abilities, those choices aren't so intriguing anymore. So be sure to give yourself the upper hand by making as many decisions before your work week begins as possible. Number three, get support. Now, I saved the best for last because I wanted to spend a minute here and talk to you about the importance of support. With any decision, it's important to have a support system. But when you're talking about a decision like this, there are so many variables we feel like we need to evaluate before breathing a word of our thoughts to anyone. Yet one of the most important things we can do is seek wise counsel. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, it says, Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Just like we tell our students, we have to be willing to accept wise instruction from others. But how do you do that when your decision could ultimately affect your livelihood? Well, that's when you need to find someone who has been in your exact position, but has made the successful transition to help you navigate the process. From determining how much money you need to make, what point you need to turn in your resignation letter, what other career options you should pursue. All of these questions, these are the types of things that you need someone to help you answer. And that's exactly what I do. And let's be honest, I know it sounds completely crazy to say, I'm going to do all of these things to save up money in order to leave the classroom. But now I'm going to turn around and spend said money to hire someone to help me navigate this tricky time. That seems a little counterintuitive, but here's the best part. I actually offer a free, 100% free, no strings attached, 30-minute Zoom call meeting for anyone that is wanting to leave the classroom or just wondering, what are my next best steps? I genuinely want to help you make sense of your specific situation, whether you're at the beginning sort of consideration stage or at the, hey, I'm ready, let's map this baby out stage. So I provide you with those actionable steps you need to put in place immediately. And let me ask you this, do you think teacher decision fatigue is a real thing? I would say emphatically yes. Does it have to continue to be the reason you don't make a decision about whether or not to leave the classroom? Absolutely not. You have the power to make a wise decision. Just incorporate those three tips that I mentioned into your life and it will help you minimize the impact of teacher decision fatigue on the decision that could easily change the course of your life. Friend, you can do this. I know it's not easy. Trust me, I've been there, but it is possible. I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram. You can find me at Classroom Exit Strategies. Shoot me a DM and let me know how things are going or how I can serve you. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast at happyteachermama.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Holt, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.